being in the movies and stuff is people approach you and say, you know, I have an idea for a movie or what a cool line, what you should say in the movie. Does that get annoying? Yeah, that's that's pretty annoying. I think it'd be cool, like in a movie, if you were like in a two-piece bikini and you're getting ready to make out with a guy, like a love scene, and uh, you undo your bikini in the back, and you're like, uh, "There's something I've been meaning to get off my chest." Because you get the double meaning, like uh, emotionally. Yeah, I get. I understand. Do you wear Do you wear bikinis? Could we talk about the next next thing? The next thing. Okay. You shaved your head for V for Vendetta. Mm -hmm. um, did you also shave your V for vagina? Um, pass. Three Films and a Podcast has no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode. All film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders and is used solely with the intent of film criticism, commentary, and education under fair use law. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy. Everybody and welcome to the final Partners Pick episode of Three Films and a Podcast. My name is Ben Lawhorn. I'm here in Salt Lake. I'm joined by Matt Weiler, as always, and Tyler Beck, who's up in Portland. And we have another special guest today calling in all the way from the kitchen. We have my better half, <laughs> Ashley Hutchins. Hello, Ashley. Welcome to welcome, the show. Welcome, Ashley. Hello. Good evening. The latest watch party MVP. <laughs> Just the crowning In the champ. flesh. That's how she wakes up every morning. She's like, oh, it's MVP day for me. I'm like, okay, this is, we got to have another watch party because we got to end this. So, yeah. Um, but I, I thought um, it'd be great to have Ashley on because the partner pick round was actually her idea. I thought it'd be fun to hear from her and get her thoughts on the movie and everything. Um, so I'm super happy that she agreed to join us. Uh, let's start out i guess with our our guest questions that we ask everyone fuzz i will throw it to you first to ask the first question yeah for sure um i will echo ben's sentiment it's super awesome to have you on here like having guests are super fun and i happen to know that you are charming and funny and i hope you have lots of interesting things to say so you don't let me down <laughs> lots of pressure, pressure. Of this episode <laughs> um <laughs> You know, it's funny. I've known Ashley through other people and, you know, uh, our friend circle for a long time. And uh, not to just butter up our guests here. I've always known you as someone that had <laughs> cool taste and you liked cool stuff. Um, if you could think of one person or one um, who I guess who or what in, had the most influence on like your taste in movies. That's an excellent question. Um, before I answer, though, I'll just say, like, I'm stoked to be here. So, like, thanks for having me. Of course. The, the FOMO I experienced when Ben's, like, locked himself away in the other room. And he's just, like, <laughs> laughing, chucking it up. And I'm just, like, by myself. <laughs> so I'm happy to uh, get to tag along this time. Um, as far as, like, my influences, I, I feel, well, what informed my taste, um, the first one that I can probably remember are my older cousins. I'm the oldest kid in my family, so I didn't have, like, a cool older brother or sister, but I had cousins, and I remember um, them babysitting me, and they showed me the John Waters movie, Cry Baby. Yeah. So they exposed me to that when I was, like, really little. And maybe, maybe too early? <laughs> they set me down the right path. <laughs> yeah. That explains a lot. It's a great way to start yeah. out. 
And then you showed it to me 30 years later. (laughs) I had some other cousins that showed me Troll. Have you guys ever seen Troll? The Sonny Bono. um, No. It's pretty nuts. I don't think I have. I've heard about Troll too, but I haven't seen Troll. One really has nothing to do with the other. Okay. But <laughs> As all good sequels go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the way it feels, so you're supposed to do it. I might uh, pay the extra money on the Patreon and uh, pick those two for you guys to watch. Oh. They're nuts. Big a double feature. That'd be great. A double feature. Okay. Yeah, it's Was interesting. Part two? Oh no, that's 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 it. Um, okay. I just think it's interesting because you know I've talked about it um, at length here on the podcast, but like I didn't have I was the older brother, and uh, mm-hmm. my sister didn't turn out anything like me. So I, apparently, I have shitty taste, or she just doesn't <laughs> like it. Um, but so for me, it was my grandfather, and so I just think it's interesting. You know, I hear that I hear a lot of people say older brothers and whatever, um, and mm-hmm. uh, it's, I just think it's interesting hearing you know, how other people influence what we end up watching and liking as adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if I've done that to anyone. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, you definitely influenced some of the stuff that I've seen. I finally watched Science of the Lambs. That's for sure. <laughs> There's definitely been <laughs> some new things that I've watched in the last four years that I probably should have gotten to a lot earlier. So at least one person can vouch for that. Um, Matt, do you want to go into your question? Yeah, so a few rounds ago we did Unsung Gems, which was Ben's idea where we mm. and you're familiar with it too. We essentially selected movies that we love and have loved always that mm. maybe necessarily didn't hit it with everybody or just flew under the radar and people didn't see. Mm-hmm. And I love that as a category and I would love to hear what your unsung gem would be. Well, I'm just I've been thinking about it all day and I realized like I've never, I haven't, I'm doing this on the fly, but I, the first thing that comes to my mind right now is Drop Dead Gorgeous. And have you guys ever Such seen it? Such a good it? movie. No. It's, I believe uh, I have. late 90s, like early 2000s, Kirstie Alley, Kirsten Dunst. Um, and it's about the oh, teen yeah. pageant world in the Midwest in Mount Rose, Minnesota. And it's a mockumentary and it is off the rails crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so, so, so funny. Um, it's got it's like quite if I ever the meet cast. someone, awesome. it, yeah, it's wild. But if I ever meet someone and can kind of like, um, if they've seen it and we can like kind of share those lines mm-hmm. with each other like i know they're good people like it's like oh we're yeah. friends it's your, oh, your yeah, litmus test great. your friendship friendship litmus test <laughs> yeah it's like we talked yeah. about uh, tim and eric a couple episodes yeah, ago. It's yeah. like if i know if they like it it's like okay we just have some ground level that we can get along <laughs> on mm-hmm. Brittany murphy awesome. oh, mm-hmm. you guys gotta check it out so good and probably a will sasso rushmore performance there i mean just oh. that and mad tv but he's so good in that movie yeah he's so good um well i will get into my question i kind of want to preface it you know like you have been arguably one of the three longest running fans of the show, you know, being one of the partners, been around for all the watch parties, watched all the episodes, kind of seen what evolution that we've had here on the pod. Um, So with that being said, my question is, 
Mary kill me, Matt, or Fuzz. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Making it weird. I love it. You have to answer right now. It's, you're off the episode. Um, no, but really, <laughs> my question uh, is: I, I, I always like putting people on the spot when I talk to them. And I know they like movies and stuff. And one of my favorite questions to ask them is: if you have a desert island director or actor, so basically anything, you have everything from the library of this one individual and you're on a desert island and you have a TV and whatever, but whose yeah. who's filmography would you take with you? This is so hard. While you're thinking, I just had, yeah. a, a, had one pop in my head that I wouldn't have thought before, so I'm looking at IMDb mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. any way that I can include the Big Lebowski into my into my desert island, but I think I might choose mm-hmm. uh, Sam Elliott. Ooh, because he's mm, got like a good one. he's got like a, a lot of credits on IMDb and a lot of variety. We get a lot of cool old westerns and some comedies and Roadhouse. I could get Parks and Rec in there a little bit. That's true. That's a good one. That's an yeah. That's an exciting one. I've always thought of it just in the director's chair. I'm yeah. realizing now that we have never yeah. answered any of these questions, but. Mm-hmm. Mine, you know, as far as variety is concerned, I had always just like reverted back to Spielberg. So like if you want yeah. a, a horror, like a scary movie, an adventure movie, a heartwarming movie, a fun movie, like we talked about with Hook and stuff like that, like he's got everything. But it is interesting to also think about it. And I've, I've never really processed it in the actor's terms. I mean, you go with Samuel Jackson, you get some Star Wars, you get some MCU, you get Pulp Fiction, like yeah. you get uh, Jackie Brown, some Tarantino stuff like yeah, Sam Elliott's a really interesting choice, though. I, I like it, though. I think that'd be that'd be a solid yeah, I mean, choice. Yeah, Tombstone and Roadhouse, and obviously yeah. Lebowski, and I just like for whatever the reason mask. I'm like, ooh, that would get me. He's a, he's on the mask. Maybe not the mask. Maybe it's just mask. Oh, okay, yeah. With I wish he was in the mask. Seen? Oh yeah, <laughs> Sam that'd Elliott be a good double Jim feature. Around. The mask and, <laughs> and mask. Mask and the that's mask. a great watch party double feature. <laughs> right after Troll and Troll Two. guys that really would be so fun (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna start a petition were you able to think of something though or did i interrupt you Um, too much no but you i did get a little distracted um this feels really no you know it's the first thing that comes to my mind i'm gonna say drew barrymore it's um the category that i gave angie for this round of movies. She also covers like a lot of variety. She's got like the action with the Charlie's angels, the horror and scream, some rom-coms mm-hmm. like weird stuff from the eighties. Oh my God. Poison Ivy. Like there's just like a <laughs> lot of, she's been through a lot of periods in her life and I think she'd be pretty good. I mean, it would just give me the most, variety even though it's not mm-hmm. the best like yeah the best work they're easy watches and if like i'm on an island like i want to stick to something light you know like That's i don't want to yeah. watch well i mean you know you, i'm alone and- you're gonna sneak uh et in there yeah. Get some Wayne's yeah. World. You're gonna get so you're gonna get like five Adam Sandler movies in yeah, there. The yeah. Wedding Singer. So, yeah. Can't be mad at that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of good stuff. No, it's a solid and pick. Our, yeah, and like Fuzz brought up before, one of the rules that we haven't really thought about is like essentially you keep getting their filmography, and she's got a future ahead of her, like for producing and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're still gonna keep getting mm-hmm. things, you know. Whereas 
Oh, Sammy Elliott, fingers crossed, you know, you're not going, yeah. <laughs> I know, I like, just thought about it. Like, anytime oh, soon, shit. but like, <laughs> you know, you probably don't have a whole lot longer to get a ton of movies from him. Whereas Drew Barrymore, especially with her production company, you're going to get a lot of stuff. So I, I just, think it's probably a good call. I didn't realize that if you picked Drew Barrymore, you also got anything she was a producer credit on. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I figure if the I mean, name's on it, you could take it. Nice. Flower films. We, we make the rules, right? <laughs> That's true. We make them and we break them, so we can do whatever we want. <laughs> well, I think picking Drew Barrymore was a wonderful natural segue because um, that is what you gave Angie. So we watched Babes in Toyland and then Angie gave to Alex her favorite actor, which was Denzel. So we watched Man on Fire and then Alex gave you your favorite actress. Yes. And so we are going yes. to be covering that movie today. Um, you went with a Natalie Portman movie fairly recent. One called Vox Lux, um, which we have now all watched. Um, Matt, would you mind kind of giving us a, a rundown of what the movie's about and maybe kind of go into your thoughts on it, your review? Director and writer Brady Corbet, starring Natalie Portman and the original J Law, Jude Law. Um, the, the better, the better J Law, in my opinion. The one true J Law. Yeah. The most attractive the one <laughs> <laughs> That's mean. I like Jennifer Lawrence. I I mean, this it's not meant to be a, a, any any ill will towards Jennifer Fair Lawrence. No. It's just trying to speak the I truth. Anyone that's seen the talented Mr. Ripley would agree. And yeah. I haven't. So. Wouldn't be me. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is a movie podcast. Like, so no, no, no. This is a movie exploration podcast. The whole point of this thing was so we could watch more new stuff. That's true. We I'm are on brand here. Let us all one day watch Talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> well, if you're a patron, you can make it happen. That's true. Yeah. Well. Exactly. Um, yeah. So the movie, the movie starts off. Essentially, the movie is about uh, a pop star, uh, just to put it very generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie opens with a school shooting, which kind of sparks uh, something in a young Celeste. Celeste then becomes a, a budding star. And it's broken up into three different acts. The first act is essentially her rising to stardom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the second act is... Natalie Portman, mid-career, um, already actually it's probably more post-stardom, right? Because I guess she's on her like rebirth tour. Yeah. So she's already peaked, um, and it kind of explores her in her adulthood as a parent, and it also explores the fact that there's been another uh, tragedy school sh- or not a school shooting, but another shooting in Europe with people dressed up as her from one of her music videos. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of plays off of this idea that uh, this school shooting kind of created her and then she's influencing another shooting elsewhere in the world and kind of how how that impacts her during this specific tour. And then the third act is just sort of her performance. Um, and it kind of it breaks into her, her relationships as a performer, like throughout her career. That would be my... I guess mid, not my shorthand or long hand, but my mid, <laughs> mid hand. perfect explanation of the movie. Yeah, I mean, how do you describe this movie, though? You know, like, you, you kind of have to do it that way and just plot it out point by mm-hmm. point because it it almost feels like a bunch of different movies all in one. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I read your letterboxed review, Matt, and it echoed a lot of my sentiments. I don't know if you wanted to dig into that or if or how you wanted to give your review, but I liked uh, I liked your thoughts on it quite a bit. And they, I haven't written mine yet, but you seem to echo a lot of what I would say. Um, so I, I guess like as I was watching it, I just realized that I wasn't I'm not the biggest fan of this subgenre in like music movies that are about artists where the artist essentially uh, it shows that they're not a great person behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that we kind of generally understand, like fame isn't all it's cracked up to be. These people get um, just so tired of the taxing culture of being famous. And so they develop bad habits. They develop bad personality traits. They're not there or around for their family members. And so uh, I guess I'm not as interested in that aspect of things. I know that this, this that's an element of this movie. That's not really like the theme of this movie. Um, but I just pointed out my letterbox. I'm not the, I guess I'm not the biggest fan of that genre. Like we see it a lot. I think there's a Meryl Streep one recently where she's like a rock, like a mm. uh, retired rocker. Oh yeah. Um, what was that one called? Yeah. Ricky, Ricky and, and the, the Flash. Flash. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, like we see it elsewhere. Um, but I really liked uh, Willem Dafoe's narration. Yeah. What's interesting is when it, when it pulls in that classical music and Willem Dafoe's narration, it almost felt like a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the advice of a producer, Celeste would change the lyric from I to we. And shortly thereafter, the entire country fell in step with her sentiment. It was not her grief. It was theirs. No longer merely her experience, they reclaimed it as their own. I don't know. It, it's a good transition. And I actually really liked it when it came up because I felt like it, uh, it happened at just the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the shots that I really liked throughout the movie. Well, first of all, I thought it was interesting the way they used New York City. They used like this ominous music with these like overpowering buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of those shots were interesting. Um, Not to cut but, you off too much, but I thought they did that with uh, anytime they introduced a new lo- or a new location. Like they did that with Los Angeles, too. Um, it had like very it showed like, <clears throat> you know, that wide aerial view and like the ground looked like it was like crawling, you know, it was like. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. this moving, living, breathing, dark, you know, creature. And then they had this like super heavy, like almost black metal playing over it. And I thought that was interesting because I noticed the same thing like you did about how they introduced New York. And they they really show these settings as these ominous sort of dangerous, you know, beings almost. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, and I, I liked a lot of the shots they had. Um, unfortunately, one of my favorite shots was like one of my least favorite parts of the movie. And that's just like the the beach shooting. Yeah. I feel like that shot was like so cool. And then it's just unfortunate the subject matter of it. Yeah. But um, another thing that I really liked about it uh, was d- just like the the drama of it. I, I, um, I can handle heavy drama. I like heavy drama, but I am also a sucker for like the sweetness offset like yeah. when i have heavy drama i like enough sweetness and that sweetness came in the form of ellie for the most part in this movie uh, i didn't feel like there was enough of it to offset some of like the more like cruder darker aspects of this movie uh, but i did enjoy that part and then i could always sing praises for j-law i have to admit i was a little hard on natalie portman's accent in this <laughs> i felt very judgy throughout it 
Do you actually believe the weird shit you said up there? They wanted a show. I gave them a show. All right, this place is swarming with press. Can I kindly ask you two to keep your mouths shut until we're finished? Fine by me. Let me handle it. Go smoke a cigarette or something. <laughs> like, as I was watching and listening to it, I was probably very unfair towards it. Like, that that's I couldn't, too much. I couldn't figure out where they were supposed to be from the whole time. I was like, is this supposed to be Boston or what? Like, what, like where are they supposed to be from? Yeah, I feel right. like there was some fluctuation there. One thing I did think they did well, though, was matching both actors' voices. Yeah. From the first thing like like that, it kind of it was consistent. However, you know, you want to label it, you know, poor the executor or yeah. whatever. But it was consistent throughout, which I thought was a cool touch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I was realizing, like, I looked up where Natalie Portman was from and she was from like that area. Like she's from New York and Connecticut. Like that's where she spent most of her life. So who am I yeah. to decide whether her <laughs> accent was good or not? Fair. So authentic. So, it sounds fake. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. So. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, so I realized that after the fact, I'm like, maybe I'm just an idiot and that's, there's plenty of people that sound exactly like that. And she's actually great. And that's maybe how she speaks. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think that's an accurate read because her accent seemed to get thicker as she got older. Like it, the, the Staten Island accent was not present in the younger version. Right. Yeah. I yeah. didn't notice it. I, I mean, it it yeah. took me a while to realize. I'm like, wait, is she speaking with an accent? Because, like, quite frankly, it took me a while to wrap my head around what was even happening in the first place. So, like, keying in on accent was, like, not my priority number one <laughs> as this movie uh, played <laughs> itself out. Yeah. Um, I, I, it felt like Natalie Portman talking. But then, yeah, once we got to Natalie Portman, it was still her. But then kind of threw in more of the, the accent or whatever. The, for the sure. Staten Island accent. I uh, like I wanted to, so I had the unique experience for this movie to not know anything about it. Like when it was nominated, I was like, I've never even heard of this. And so I was like, OK, I'm purposely not going to look this up at all. I'm just going to like wait until it's time to watch it. And so I didn't know that uh, Natalie Portman was in it until I found it on. I looked it up on Just Watch to see where it was streaming. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't know anything about it until I read the the byline uh, when I clicked on it on Hulu. And like <laughs> this thing turned into not at all what I was expecting. Like I saw that she was like a pop singer and I was like, OK, cool. It's like a music thing. Uh, and then I'm like, wait, is this like a school shooting movie? Is this yeah. like like what? It like it just kept like it just kept flipping on its head, which like. You know, a lot of times I enjoy, but this time around, I just, I like, I could never get a feel for like, what am I supposed to be getting out of any of this? You know what I mean? Like it, it was, I don't know. It was, it was hard for me to wrap my head around and talking about Natalie Portman. It was weird because like, I, I love Natalie Portman and I think she's insanely talented. She's one of my mm -hmm. favorite actresses. And I was like, I was talking to Alex. I'm like, she is absolutely like going in on this role. Like yeah. she's giving it everything she's got and she's doing it well. I'm just like, I just mm -hmm. don't know if I like it, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I just don't know if this character either, maybe, I don't know. I just, it's like, I don't know if I care <laughs> about this, you know, <laughs> like she's doing awesome, but like the character frankly kind of sucks. Like, but, and I, then I felt bad about that. Cause I think about like, you know, this character as a real person, how she got to where she is. And it just, it just like my head kept like flipping over and over and over. I'm like, 
yeah, I don't know. Like how do who am I how am I who am I to say like what you would turn out as if you went from watching your entire class get shot up to being like you know lady gaga or whatever yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so it was like it was it was honestly it's really hard to wrap my head around it because like the experience that she has is so far removed from like what i would consider my experience or like a normal experience it's like i don't have any bearing to like fully understand what this person's going through like i can understand it and i like i guess it can excuse a lot of the way that she's acting but like uh, it just, I don't know. It was hard for me. And then, um, I'm a, I like Sia a lot. I thought it was really cool when I saw her name on the, cre- like the opening credits for some mm-hmm. reason, they do credits at the beginning of the movie, which I had, I was curious about that. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, but I feel like a, a thing that hurt this movie, in my opinion, was the music because mm-hmm. in a movie like this, I feel like, you know, the music has to be you have to buy that the music is good enough to put them in the position they're in. Yeah. And I just didn't buy it from this one. Like the very first song that she sings in the church had me like, mm. uh, almost awestruck. I was like, okay, this is great. Like you can tell Sia's touch on it. It was mm-hmm. performed. Well, the setting was great. The, the, the moment itself was great. Uh, and then after that, it was like, I could never tell him like, are these supposed to be hits or are they supposed to, <laughs> yeah. is she supposed to be failing? Yeah. I don't know. And it, and even up till the very end, it was just like, I just, I'm not buying it. And like the perf- Natalie's performance at the end, like, I think she's great, but I just couldn't buy that. She was supposed to be this like worldwide pop star. I don't know. For so sure. I, I haven't, I haven't written out my thoughts yet, obviously, as I ramble through this, but um <laughs> Yeah, this one was a weird one for me. I, I really did enjoy it, but I don't know if I liked it. <laughs> it's kind of weird to say. <laughs> like, it just had my head mm-hmm. flipping all around. And I read your review too, Ben, and it sounds like you kind of had the same sort of thoughts. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I'll do another one because we actually just rewatched it. Um, but on my first watch, you know, I just put that, like, I wanted a ton more of the first half of the movie. Yeah. Like, I, I loved that development of her, you know, coming into fame and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was great. And I wanted some more of the middle section, essentially the last half. I, I liked that. And then I just wanted, like, none of the performance. I wanted none of the show <laughs> because it was just like, and I would be a million times worse, you know, but it's just like when you have these close-ups of Natalie Portman, like supposing like supposed to be Lady Gaga or whoever, it's like, that's a whole persona that you really have to take on that. I don't know how well you can do as an actor, you know, like yeah. that's just like, that's who they are. That's their person, you know? So that, that was, it was really rough for me. Um, but I will say that on the second watch, I liked it so much more than I did the first time. Mm. And I enjoyed it the first time I, I gave it three stars. I'm like, I had a good time with this. And then, you know, speaking of the Willem Dafoe voiceover, like once that came in at the very end, I was like, oh, all right, that makes more sense. So like now when I could go back and watch it, like for some reason, just kind of clicked a little bit more for me and I, and I liked it. But I think it's it's also interesting. That's the way it's set up. You know, the first half of the movie is over months, you know, if not years where we see this person develop and, and become someone. And then once we finally see Natalie Portman, like 54 minutes into the movie, we basically are just like get one day in the life of and that's yeah. it. So like it's really trimmed down. And then the very last half yeah. is kind of happening in real time where it's like, cool, here's the last 15 minutes. This is the 15 minutes of this person's life. So I thought that was like an interesting storytelling technique, you know, just like 
so many times I think we get the the middle part is the long part of the movie. It's like, oh, yeah, they were a kid and whatever. And then they, they got a piano. And then here we're going to learn all this stuff. But it's like we spent half the movie of them just like developing into who they are. And then suddenly it's whatever, like 14 years later. And she's like at the height of her fame, kind of having a meltdown. And we're going to spend a day with her and see what this is like. So for some reason it played a lot better for me um the second time jude law like you said is, is always great um yeah. he's he played his role really well because like he was kind of a slime ball but you also still liked him which just i feels like kind of difficult to pull off you know um <laughs> but yeah i don't know i i wanted to hear ashley's thoughts like on the rewatch like did it play for you better what were your thoughts overall on this pick like i think everybody we all went into this blind and i'm kind of curious what your thoughts were after we watched it like oh yeah this was a great pick or like i maybe should have done <laughs> like something else i'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts and also i was curious had that. you seen this before you picked it or was this no oh, okay no, I'd never seen it, but I'd wanted to. I'd seen the trailer and I was obsessed. Like I watched it at least five times. <laughs> and because the trailer, I think, is incredible. I don't know if you guys watched it. I know you said you went into I it blind, Fuzz. Um, but like it, the trailer is incredible. And the movie, what it, it didn't really live up to it for me. Um, I agree with Ben. The second watch, it was a lot better. Because we kind of knew the story and knew it like it's the first time I was bored. Like it just felt so slow. Yeah. Um, and the second time I kind of knew what was going on. So I was kind of watching for the subtleties more. Yeah, I think and, um, that's something that I need to do. I just don't know if I want mm-hmm. to. Because like something like you just keyed in on yeah. it, talking about the subtleties. Like I was so just like playing from behind, trying to figure out what am I even mm-hmm. supposed to be watching or what am I mm-hmm. like, what am I watching here that I think I missed out on a lot of mm-hmm. the, uh, like even the, the Willem Dafoe stuff, I could hear the rich timber of his voice and his cool delivery, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I couldn't tell you one word he said. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm curious what you picked up like the second time through with those subtleties. Um, I think the Willem Dafoe added like, a lot of warmth to it. Yeah. Like just the the tone of it and the color is kind of like blue and gray. And so he, I thought he brought a lot of warmth to it. And I'm glad that he was a part of it. Although do you guys remember that weird little history lesson he did on like Swiss pop music? The, it was just so yeah. weird. <laughs> it's like, it's just yeah. thrown I, like, in there. Like I said, I, don't remember a single word he said, but I just remember <laughs> his voice bouncing around in my brain. In the 1940s, church leaders and cultural conservatives rallied together around a solemn mission to safeguard the country's youth against the degenerate music that was being piped in from America. To combat this threat, municipal schools of music spread across the country, offering morally uplifting instruction in classical music. One thing would eventually lead to another. It reminded me of... Um Weirdly, when you were talking about how you didn't buy Natalie Portman, I think a lot of it is, like, the aesthetic of it and the, like, um, cosmetic stuff. It's like people on House Hunters, they're like, oh, I don't like this house. The wallpaper is ugly. And it's like, well, you can change that. 
So right. I think it's like that where like the bones of it, I, I think are really good. But some of the like the metallic hair and the weird costumes and the bad dancers and sort of the over commercialized gross stuff like made it unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like, uh, it's like, especially that end performance. I was, I was trying to perf- like compare mm-hmm. it to like, uh, like what was that Beyonce movie that came out last year that, that showed her. Homecoming. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. like a, a truly well done, like concert film. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm like, this guy's obviously never seen one or done one or no one told him how to do mm-hmm. one. Cause like, yeah. I'd like yeah. Natalie Portman. I mean, we're going to talk about black Swan. I'm sure here fairly soon. And I mean, she's mm-hmm. obviously can dance. She can obviously move. Mm-hmm. She's obviously, I mean, she went to, I can't remember the name of the school, but she went to a performance arts school. Like she's obviously danced before, but she looked like she, like she didn't look like <laughs> a pop sensation. I just like, couldn't, mm-hmm. I no. couldn't buy it. And like, like you're saying, like the aesthetic choices, like the way that they shot that concert, I'm like, I can see way too much. Like this needs to be like way more, this needs to be faster yeah. and more dynamic and needs to be mm-hmm. moving a lot more. Like we, you need, we need to fake this one a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was stylized totally wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You're, you're totally right. I was honestly just going to echo what Fuzz said earlier, where I think if you go into completely blind, you can be wondering like, is this supposed to be a, a hit song or are we making fun of this? Cause I can't tell. Yeah. That first that's song, like a bad aspect, you know, it's like, wait, am I supposed to enjoy this or is she failing? Like, I don't know right. what this like, is. Yeah. Like her first time totally. in the studio, that first single she makes when she's a kid, mm-hmm. when she first mm-hmm. makes it big, I'm like, Oh, I thought this was going to be where she fails. And then she finally, <laughs> she finds success later in life. So when I found out that she was somehow successful after that song, I was like, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. That song wasn't terrible, but you can tell like Sia was like, yeah, I'll give you some of my, like my C tracks, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'll give you yeah. one good song and then I'll give you, I'm going to give you songs. My cousin wrote. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just, I thought Speaking it was of, so strange. This is crazy. Cause we just watched the Bee Gees doc last night mm. and the songs yeah. that they wrote for Saturday night fever. I'm like, this is not Saturday night fever level. I mean, nothing was, you know, yeah, like, or like, did that you was guys insane, know? but it's just like, she was just kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to like, like criticize her, but maybe kind of mailing it in, you know, it's like, Oh, here's, mm-hmm. yeah, here's stuff I've turned down, but you know, it'll have my, you know, it'll be in my key or whatever. So it'll yeah. sound like mm-hmm. me. I don't know. It definitely yeah. had like her, the way she like, the way she writes her lyrics and the way she kind of turns the phrase definitely sounded a lot like Sia, but mm-hmm. it was definitely mm-hmm. like she wrote it on the plane. <laughs> like yeah. she yeah. had to, she had to turn something in. That's what she came up with. And you know, it's a hell of a lot better than I could do, but I just, you know, couldn't. Mm-hmm. And before no, we hear it in I'm- the comments, Natalie Portman, famously went to Harvard at the same time as Mark Zuckerberg. Can I give you three things that I'm told are extremely Harvard, and then if you'd be kind enough to explain it as much detail as possible, I'd appreciate it. Okay. The Freshman 15 list, Primal Scream, Finals Clubs. So Freshman 15 list was the hottest freshmen's. You don't say freshmen's. You say freshmen. (laughs) That's the the spice talk. I'm just going to blame everything stupid I say on the spice. Because I'm sure some people are going to comment That's on that. Right. So. Yeah, she talked about that. I listened to her on a podcast recently, and she she talked about good old Zuckerberg. Kind of weird. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, She's the stuff Mark Zuckerberg too. in a locker. So 
It's just all of us hanging out at Harvard. Yeah. Sorry, Ashley, please continue with your thoughts. I mean, I think we're coming fresh off of the BG documentary, but I was thinking about music written specifically for a movie. Mm-hmm. Like um, Simon and Garfunkel or the Bee Gees for Saturday Night Fever, <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. We don't care. Like, <laughs> Save the best for last. Yeah, or, but really, uh, like that movie with uh, that movie with Jeff Bridges, where he plays a country star. I can't remember. Oh, or not Jeff Bridges. Heart. Yeah, Crazy yeah. Heart. Yeah, like yeah. that movie had really good music. Yeah, like I saw that with yeah. my mom, and she loves country music. And I was like, mm-hmm. like you could buy it. Like, yeah, he's an aged, mm-hmm. an aged out, washed up country star on his last legs, and it's like, I don't know. Yeah, they set the bar pretty high, and I just don't really think that Sia. I mean, she's good. She's fine. But yeah. like, she just, I don't think is in like that arena realm of like that yeah. spectacle sort mm-hmm. of song. If you were to judge her performance by stuff in a room, you would say she didn't make it to the chandelier then. Right. <laughs> like she didn't get that high up. Boo. Come on, come on. <laughs> no, I like that it. bad. I like it. I'm just jealous because I couldn't think of any other Sia thongs. Um, uh, see you later. I'm out of here. Okay. <laughs> I gotta mute someone. Where's my mute button? I will not be outpunned on my pod. <laughs> um, I mean, you brought something up. I think this discussion has kind of led us to kind of where I want to go because, like, Fuzzy went in completely blind. I mean, I watched the trailer multiple times as well. And then when you even then, I think if you watch the trailer and watch the movie, it still isn't quite what you thought it was going to be because the trailer, the first half of it almost, I believe, is the last 15 minutes of the movie. Like, it's just the performance, the concert and stuff. So I went into this thinking like, oh, cool, we're going to get like... I don't know, like an almost famous kind of thing where we just watch her go around from stadium to stadium and see what happens, uh, like see how stuff goes. Like I, I wasn't anticipating literally half the movie being about her, like under the age of 20, you know, like kind of kind of growing up. So just kind of different than I expected. Um, also not seeing Natalie Portman for half the movie was also interesting. You know, it's an interesting move because she is the face of the poster. It's her. And then we mm-hmm. don't see her for almost an hour. So I don't know. This movie just kind of like subverted my expectations. Yeah, Ashley, what were you going to say? I just think it's kind of insane that she has top billing when her co-star played two roles. Mm -hmm. She was in the entire Mm -hmm. movie playing two different people. So I feel like they were like, we've got Natalie Portman in this movie. That's going to be tough for a lot of people. Like we've Mm got to put her name and her face on the thing, you know, like, yeah. It's true. And I appreciate you not bringing up the fact that when the second half started and her daughter came down, I was like, oh, it looks like her when she was younger. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that was her. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, it <laughs> like, does. Oh, she looks so familiar. Where have I wow. seen her before? Great casting. Was it from five that minutes ago? That manager looks familiar, too. <laughs> hey, is that still Jude That guy Law? looks just like Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> well, it was um, like when we watched, it was like when we watched High Fidelity on Hulu. And yeah. you were like, 
Oh my god. That girl. <laughs> she looks like she looks like that girl from the Cosby show. <laughs> Cuz that's her mom. <laughs> like I knew Lenny Kravitz was her dad, but it's like, man, she also looks like the yeah, the sister from the Cosby show. Like, yeah, that's Why can't I think of her real name? Lisa Bonet, right? Lisa Bonet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, always always fun over here. It's like Ben's taking some bumps in this pod. Yeah, this drink's gonna be gone. Um, I didn't bring it up. You, I know that's totally fair. (laughs) Um, One thing I want to talk about, like with the movie, kind of like subverting our expectations and maybe tying it into our favorite um, scenes. You know, if you can or if you want to bring that up, mine was the beginning. And I was on pins and needles that whole time that were on the long shot of the teacher. Yeah. So I was like, uh-huh. something's happening. She's talking to people and we're not uh-huh. seeing the people. That's never a good sign when we don't do like a cut to. Yeah. And uh-huh. I was just, I was stressed the whole time. I was like, oh, <laughs> she's going to get like blown away from the side. Like I was kind of just like, you know, kind of in between my fingers watching. I was like, oh, something's going to happen here. But then it was almost even just as abrupt when it actually happens. And we actually like go behind him and watch him walk in the room and like say his name twice. She's like, yeah, I know who you are. And yeah, I don't know that that for me. It sounds super weird, but that that was the part, I guess, that hooked me the first time I watched it. And I was like, OK, I don't know what I'm getting into, but I like how it's being executed, so to speak. I was like, I like the way that this is being done. Um, I'm, I'm on board. Let's see what happens here. And this was the guy's only like his second movie. He's an actor, Brady Corbet. Like he was in the remake of Funny Games. And um, what else was he in? Uh, Have you guys seen Non-Polia. Funny Games? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You guys don't like kind of creepy scary stuff right i'm not a huge fan of that yeah gen- that genre yeah yeah i don't jump for it right away so just it's pretty gruesome like um these two young like hot guys take this family hostage at their beach house um and it's they just torture them for like 24 hours Sounds it's not fun. really that fun. <laughs> um, if, if you're a patron, but, you can make us watch it. Oh, like how dare you! But like Don't set in the northeast, in. <laughs> he's good in it. But it's interesting. I think it's. I mean, I don't know of any others. I'm sure they exist, but like the director made it in Germany. Mm-hmm. So, like somewhere in Europe and then he remade his own movie like shot for shot it's the same it's just in English with Naomi oh, Watts uh, interesting Matt I'd be kind of curious to hear what you thought I don't know if you saw the trailer before going into it but like as you watched the movie like what what were you expecting and what did you get did you was there anything you liked about it Do you have any favorite parts of the movie yeah I I mean, there's there's plenty to like about it. And I think just like a lot of the movies that we've covered, even when they don't fall very well with us, it's always worth watching and experiencing uh, just to get a new unique story, Um, because I certainly haven't heard, you know, a story like this. Mm -hmm. But I didn't I didn't see any trailer beforehand. I knew very little about it. I remember when it came out and that was the extent of my knowledge on it. I think when I was reading the or the reading the summary uh, before I clicked into watching it, I was expecting something maybe a little more musical, a little more uh, mockumentary style uh, ordeal also. And I, I had the bar set higher as well. Like 
we've seen a lot of great mockumentaries. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats, the Christopher Guest movies, mm-hmm. you know, have really awesome fake original songs. And there's even one that came out this year uh, that's making fun of Euro. Oh, Eurovision. Will Ferrell's Eurovision. And they kind of like in their way have like these. They're funny because they're accurate, but also just like totally bananas. But there's so much effort to go into it that like it's a believable song. Mm -hmm. Like I could see why in this universe this is a hit. And I feel like I felt similarly like I was. I was all in in the church scene and I loved, I loved that her sister Ellie joins her. And I think if I remember right, they harmonized there for a second. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. Um, And uh, I just felt like as it progressed, we just didn't get to that level ever again. Right. I feel like that's, that's where it got. And, but like I said, like I cling to like the sweeter sides of drama. And so the, the sister relationship was what really, that was my takeaway. Um, just the unconditional love. And in the end, the reveal that like there was some type of dark covenant with the devil yeah. to, yeah. you know, be, be famous in that moment. Like to, to look at like what her sister even still did and stood by her and did everything for her was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, what a strange little twist. Like, at the very end, we realize she, where it's revealed she sold her soul to the devil. It's like. Mm-hmm. Shortly after her classmate pulled the trigger and sent her to the place between life and death, a place that she was only able to describe to Eleanor as a rush of color, she had met the devil and made a deal with him in exchange for her life. He whispered her melodies, and she returned with a mission to bring great change to the next century. Like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, <laughs> we can't, like, can't we just have one thing? Like, does the whole time have to be, like, topsy-turvy? I don't know. I would have liked to have seen the devil cameo with Dave Grohl but playing yes, the devil. I was going to say, right? like, Tenacious D, just like, yeah, yeah. yeah come out. Well, oh. speak, speaking of what we did and didn't get to see, um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll answer your question and give you my favorite part here in a minute, but... One thing I wanted to to talk about, and I feel like this is as good a place as any, is like, did we need to see the shooting scenes? Like, was that, do we think that was necessary? Like, I, I just, I just don't need to see it. Like, you know, I'm not like, I think yeah. we've talked about, I'm getting a little softer on violence as I get older. And, and it's just like, we know what a school shooting is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> We, you can yeah. tell me that she was part of this horrible tragedy. Like it could have just picked up from the ambulances going to the hospital and having her, you know what I mean? Like you could have yeah. like news B roll playing and show her with her bandages in the hot, in the, in the ambulance. I'm just like, I just don't think we needed to see it. And I think like, that's one of the reasons I was having a hard time with the movie because like, I feel like we get the exact same movie, honestly, with how the rest of it played out with or without those scenes, the, both the one on the beach and uh, the original shooting. Like, I know there's a little bit, you, you get to see a little bit of Celeste's character as she deals with that situation in the moment, the way she deals with the shooter and the way that she handles that moment. It's sort of like revealing about the, the her character throughout the rest of the movie. But I'm just mm-hmm. like, 
I just, I just, I don't think it was necessary. I was curious to see what, if you guys felt the same way or had that thought at all, or I don't know, Ashley, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. I do have some thoughts. Um, in between the first and second watch, I read um, a couple interviews with the director and he's, you know, and Matt touched on it a little bit earlier about how the school shooting kind of created her and catapulted her into like pop culture. And then from there, she kind of inspired this other shooting because they wore the masks. Mm-hmm. And she even talks about it in the press conference sort of how what they have in common is like they both want to be famous want to be infamous um iconic mm-hmm. they want to be like in the spotlight and i think it was watching it a second time it, i thought it was interesting when the shooter said his name like he said it numerous times mm-hmm. like yeah. i'm what was it carter active or something i said will we excuse me <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. My name is Colin Active. What? My name is Colin Active. Yes, Colin, I know. And so, like, he said it multiple times, and then just, like, the notoriety of it, and just kind of, like, willing to do anything to stay sort of in that spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was um, in- Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, I don't... I just, even still, sometimes you don't need to be shown. So, you know, sometimes it's okay to just be told something. Like, I'm going to buy it. Like, I don't... Yeah. yeah. Like, I did think the scene was uh, for as much of a bummer as it was to watch. Like, it was well done. Like, it mm-hmm. seemed real. Like, it seemed like that's probably how it would go down. I don't, unfortunately, we've had enough real life experiences that I'm sure they could have yeah. got some sort of consultation on what it would be like at that moment. But yeah, for sure. I don't know, man. I just uh, maybe I'm getting too soft in my old age. <laughs> but in a movie I, that like Ashley, you struggled with the pace of it. It sounds like the first time like mm-hmm. that's uh, that would have cut out about I don't know 20 minutes, 30 minutes of the movie that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it would have made it made yeah. a little more palatable. The reason I liked it. I mean, it's gruesome and all that kind of stuff. And I agree. Maybe you could show it differently. Like maybe you have the camera on the shooter while he's shooting, like facing him. So you don't see the damage that he does. Like you could probably show it a different way. But at the same time, you know how it like threw me off that we were on the teacher the whole time. I'm like, oh, she's going to get shot without a doubt. And then she doesn't until we see him. But then they pull that trick with Celeste. You know, she's like, I'll stay here and pray with you. And she turns to her friend. She's like, no, it's fine. And then boom, just out of nowhere. It's like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, that that was the jump I was expecting the first time. And we got it this time. This is kind of nuts. Like, so for me, that stuff works. But I I agree with you. I feel like you could probably show it a different way. It didn't bother me as much. Um, I, I felt like it really just like punched home how serious it was. What I did like about that sequence, though, that I thought was very interesting is when we learn that she's made the deal with the devil, you know, at the very end, <laughs> and then you go back and rewatch it. And it's like, Oh, like, yeah, she got shot through the neck. Like an artery must've been hit. She should be dead. And they kind of tell us that she is because like, we see the credits play during the ride to the hospital. Right. 
which is like the end of something. Yeah, yeah I was so going to mention like, that earlier. And, and I, and I, yeah. I thought that was really interesting because the first time I watched it, I didn't get it. I was like, oh, this is just like some weird pretentious move this guy's right, doing. Right, like, right, right. I want to show my credits at the like, beginning. Oh, it's I'm like, a filmmaker. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh my God. My name's like, not okay. Brady Corbett, it's Corbett. <laughs> it's Corbett. <laughs> Shout out Brady Corbett. You're welcome on the pod anytime. And that's, yeah, that's how I felt of the first time. Like and subscribe. Yes, please. Like and subscribe. We'll send you a mug. Um, but the only credits played the first time I was like oh my god dude this is just like too much like all right we get it this is a different movie whatever but then watching the second time realizing like oh she actually did probably die in that van or in the you know the yeah the ambulance on the way to the hospital it's like oh the credits make a little more sense now like that was kind of the end for her but then she comes back you know so I thought all right Hmm. okay that was all right I get it yeah (laughs) I did I did like that little trick um, I thought that was kind of kind of interesting, um, but yeah, I don't know the the Defoe voiceover really worked for me, and yeah, I, I was kind of hung up on that too the first time. It's like, man, voiceover is so tricky to make work in a movie, but I think they did it. Maybe it helped that it was Willem Defoe. I'm not sure, but like, I, I think it it worked well for this movie, kind of letting us know, you know, they, it's always a reveal. It's, I mean, it's literally just exposition, the voiceover, but it's like, you know, she didn't know that her daughter had had sex last night, you know? And so we don't have to, we don't mm-hmm. see that. We just hear from the voiceover and then we cut to her confronting her sister. Like, Oh, she's taking a pregnancy test because of this. It's like, Oh, that's right. We heard that in the voiceover. We didn't see them talk about it at all, you know, but yeah. we, I don't know. We got to hear that. So it, interesting decisions I think that were made by, I agree with you. Like maybe we can show it a different way. I, I still think we need to see it at some, you know, somehow, like I don't necessarily want it all to be exposition, like news reporters and then voiceover and all this. Like, I think I want to be there for some of it. So it worked for me, but I do hear you, you know, there's like, it is very gruesome and it's very, it's too real, you know, which is like unfortunate to say. It's like, yeah, I, yeah, this is probably what it looks like because we've heard about it so much. So, and along the exposition lines, like when they're talking about how she went on like a three day bender drinking um, house cleaners, mm. like across state lines, she drinks so much like random household shit that she went blind in one eye and then yeah. she was driving a car and hit someone like I want to that's what I want to see like <laughs> don't just tell me about that like I want to see that that's nuts yeah so, thought, yeah yeah the things they chose to know. show in this movie baffle me but yeah I'm no Brady Corbett so what do I well, I'm a big softy too and I didn't uh I don't care for like those type of scenes either but I guess just from like a purely artistic and aesthetic point of view, like what is he trying to make the audience feel in that moment? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that feeling doesn't happen unless you're there True. and you see it. And then like, yeah. then you can kind of empathize with Celeste being in the classroom with her when it happens. Um, you can kind of see the juxtaposition of it and witness it, I guess from the beach. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But to, to the point of uh, what Ashley mentioned, and I also sort of, read that I don't know if I read it in like some of the reviews or or what but like that that comparison that uh, a shooting created her and then she's like inspiring mm-hmm. new shootings that's not a connection that I made on my own mm-hmm. and so if that was the intent of Brady Corbet <laughs> I maybe would have found a way to communicate that a little better um, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be on the nose like it doesn't have to be a headline saying shooting yeah. like 
rising star comes out of shooting. And then like another newspaper article that says shooting or pop star inspiring shootings across the globe. But Mm -hmm. I do feel like there could have been some devices used to maybe illustrate that better. Or maybe it's just as subtle as he wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, But unless I was in like a high school humanities class dissecting this all semester, (laughs) I don't think I would have come to that conclusion. (laughs) Which is totally fair. I mean, they have the mass on. But yeah, my first you know, watch just like, oh, that must have just been like a thing they had available. You know, maybe it's just yeah, like did they, some overstock the of merch from her tour. I'm like, yeah. oh, can they use this? I didn't think about like, oh, they are doing a mass shooting because she was from a, like a, a mass shooting. Like, oh, that totally makes sense. I just thought it was more like, oh, it's super weird coincidence that those are the masks that they're like, wearing. Did, but, like, did they blast her music or anything? Like, was yeah, that the only connection? Maybe, yeah, would have worked like even more, you know, if they had been mm-hmm. doing that while wearing her mask. Like, and maybe we're, maybe, you know, it's just like, I'm dumb. And it's like, I just need you to hit me over the head with it. But it's just like, I just thought mm-hmm. it was more like, oh, they just must have had access to those. There's nothing else behind those masks. But Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I still, even right now, I'm like, oh, wait, she was the reason they for the shooting you know what i mean like yeah i I always took it as like these guys were going to do some sort of terrorist act and they just kind of put the pieces together not necessarily that she inspired it but they were like oh wouldn't this be funny almost like we can use her art and with her background to do a shooting. I, I mean, I still don't like, know. Yeah. Like, yeah. In, like in the dark night, did they interview the clown whose <laughs> yeah. mask the, the Joker's goons were wearing to say, see if he had like, anything to do with <laughs> the terrorists who love an Easter egg? Like, oh, even people who live will love that weird thing. This guy Celeste. It's like, okay, yeah, it's a little, maybe a little too far. But um, at the same time, that like I agree with Matt like that scene was shot beautifully like this movie I think was beautiful I love yeah, like, sure. the New York that we saw like it was just like in the streets you know so to speak they like, were going under the scaffolding like it's a, a very specific part of New York you get a very good feeling for where you are um I like the stadium scene, um, like the whole walk through, like the the walk and talk where she's like, they're trying to sober her up and then she freaks out. Um, one, you know, tiny little fun fact, if you guys have any, I mean, feel free. But I, I love that that's the same dressing room that she freaks out in in Black Swan. So I thought that oh, was kind of yeah. like a cool connection between these two movies. And, you know, obviously Natalie Portman, but I think it was shot beautifully. Um I think the second the rewatch worked really well for me. Um, I would I'd recommend it, but I'd probably give people a heads up to not go in completely blind um, if I was to, you know, to talk to anybody about it. But I'd love to hear any like final thoughts you guys have on the movies, any fun facts, anything like that you want to share before we get into our rush more. Um, I'm going to tie these two thoughts together because I never answered my the question about my favorite parts. Oh, and right, I yeah. think my no, it's okay. My favorite part, honestly, and it's not because I thought it was good, but it made me laugh, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't laugh at it because I was making fun of it, but it just was silly. But when she right before she goes on stage and she gives her pep talk, and then she says, "Who's the baddest bitch in the room? <laughs> you are!" Like I just loved it. I was like, "Okay, fuck yeah." Who's the baddest bitch in the room? You are. Who's the sickest? all possible? We do! Are we gonna be good? No! Are we gonna be great? No! Are we gonna be amazing? No! Then what are we gonna be? Phenomenal! Yeah, yeah! Phenomenal! 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 Come on! Take it higher! And higher! And higher! And higher! And higher! And higher! And higher! Phenomenal! 
let's do this. Like she's in the zone. Um, And she is a bad bitch, Natalie Portman, because she shot her part in only 10 days. I just happened to see in trivia. That's pretty crazy that she was able to, cause I, one thing I liked about it, like I said earlier, was she really like, she goes for it on the, for this character. Like she, she's really given it her all. Like the parts where she's crying and breaking down and her manic moments was like, okay, she's really feeling this. And this is, this is really happening. And mm-hmm. the fact that she, you know, was able to flesh that all out in 10 days, maybe it shows a little bit because I think all of us had trouble like as for as, for as, for as much as she was into it and as, as well as she did or as good as she did, it was still kind of like, maybe it seemed a little bit much or maybe a little unrefined. It seemed a little raw, but yeah. still the fact that she was able to yeah. do all that in 10 days is pretty impressive. So she is the baddest bitch in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Her husband choreographed the dancing, which I think is weird. Yeah, because he like, he's didn't a dancer. Really... I don't really know. Yeah, he is. I, I like I said, I listened to a podcast recently. I can't remember which one, and she talks about how he's a a phenomenal choreographer. But I'm like, I didn't love any of the choreography here. So, um. but I mean, I guess they only had ten days. So I'll give I'll give uh, Benjamin a pass. That's, that's his name, yeah. not you, Ben. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just want to piggyback on what Matt was talking about with like the relationship with her sister. Those were all of my favorite parts. Um, I thought it was really interesting because I'm an oldest, I'm the oldest sister. And I think there are a lot of like maternal qualities that go along with that. So it was really interesting to see that play out in such like a heightened environment and like a school shooting and then overnight like pop stardom and then you know obviously she's also a child herself and so to see her kind of fail her sister in like taking care of her through all this like she, how do you navigate that anyway but yeah to try to make mm-hmm. up for those failures with her niece like, I, I just think that was, like, a really, really interesting dynamic and the best part of the movie, probably, for me. Yeah. Yeah, the shootings weren't... The school shooting definitely wasn't necessary. Um, we didn't need to see it because, like you said, we've experienced it. But I think that's kind of what the point was is like Mm. this quality, like this idea that some people have to gain this notoriety are crazy and willing to do whatever it takes to get that. And that's kind of unique to our generation. Like they mentioned she was born in 1986 and that's like right around our ages. They hit on nine 11 randomly Mm-hmm. But I think I, it's maybe just as like a touchstone of time, just like, yeah. you know, this is where she was. She lost her virginity the night before 9-11. Mm, yeah. And then so I think it's like an interesting sort of culmination of things for her when they return to her hometown for this like rebirth concert. Like there's a lot on the line for that. Then, you know, she finds out there's another shooting and she's somehow linked to that her daughter's lost her virginity. So she's like thinking about her own experience. So like, there's like every trigger she probably has has been like triggered. 
Yeah. And so it makes sense that she would have like this huge meltdown. And it, it like earlier, like I was just like, why are we just seeing these vignettes? Like there's, they're broken up into acts, but it still felt like just small montage vignettes. And so I think it was like really just while you guys have been talking, it's like, Oh, okay. These are these enormous like events in her life. <laughs> Sorry, I'm rambling yeah. now, but it's just like <laughs> I it makes oh, more great. sense to me now why he chose to show those snapshots the way that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that yeah. makes sense and it definitely helps like contextualize the actual viewing of the shootings to me when you put mm-hmm. it that way. Um but I think I'll die on this hill. I don't I didn't see it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to change your mind. <laughs> no, I know. You know, I know. It was just... <laughs> but you did make a, yeah, that is a compelling argument. And I, it actually is like, okay, I, that does sort of make sense because if we're going to putting this on a pole. <laughs> yeah. If we're, if we're going to, if, if the point of this movie is like, uh, you know, what would drive a person to break down and then to watch them be reborn or redeem themselves, then yeah, like, Probably, unfortunately, need to see all that shit, but uh, mm-hmm. I still don't know that that's the point of the movie, so I don't know. Absolutely yeah. <laughs> 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 Just say. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, how about you? You want to close this out? Any last thoughts on the movie or anything else you want to you wanna add in? Um, well, I'll, I guess I will leave the way I started talking about accents <laughs> while I was especially judgy on Natalie Portman unfairly admittedly unfairly um i was not judgy at all about j-law's accent oh yeah no. and uh, <laughs> you trust me you trust me yeah 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 that's good because i've been doing this a long time and i can understand if it's a little overwhelming but you have to trust the process the process works that's why you and your parents chose me to guide you through this strange and unpredictable in the process and i like again probably unfairly because i don't even know how great of a job he did but just because it's j-law i was sold yeah, yeah i'll be yeah, honest like, like, I, but i'm a natalie portman fan so i, I should have given her that same pass but i didn't yeah. but it was weird like i knew it was jude law the whole time but i'm like is that jude law <laughs> like i don't know just because he like he he felt uh you know he's he's a great actor and he was he felt like that guy, like that guy mm-hmm. seemed very yeah. real to me. And so the whole time I'm just like, I know that's Jude Law, but like, I don't know. Is it? Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sleaze ball with a heart of gold. <laughs> kind of just like an all American accent. Not even really one area. I love it. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, someday we will get to our, our J law Rushmore. Uh, but for this episode, we are going to dig into Natalie Portman. So to kick off our Rushmore Portman, let's go to our guest, our, our wonderful guest. Would you like to tell us your four movies that fall on your Natalie Portman Rushmore Mountain? These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? I would love to. Good, because um, you have to. Because you have to. <laughs> Just well, like signing think- out right now. Come out of here. <laughs> I think there are two we're probably all going to have. Um, a V for Vendetta and a Black Swan. I mean, she won her Oscar. She's amazing. I watch the way she moves. Imprecise, but effortless. She's not faking it. 
Um, like you said, like she really can dance. So yeah, the girl can move. She has like control yeah. of her body. I don't know if it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm older than dirt, so I feel like I can say this. I don't know if it's like age and like having mm-hmm. not moved in the way that a pop star would move for your entire life, and now you're trying to do it in your thirties. Like, admittedly, that's probably very difficult. But yeah. she just. I couldn't buy it this time. Black Swan, however, I did buy. <laughs> <laughs> you bought like, that on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the response you got out of the MVP there. <laughs> well, you're going for the title. It's <laughs> coming for you. Watch yourself, actually. Oh, oh, I was just thinking, like, watching Black Swan, I would, like, I'm amazed, but, like, when I was watching... Um, Fox looks. I was like, I could probably do that. I could learn this. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like this out. <laughs> it's I mean, not that hard. <laughs> yeah. And again, she did it all in ten days, so like, gotta yeah. give her a pass, I suppose. My third one is uh, a short film. I don't know if those count here, but you guys yeah. make the rules, so yeah, go for it. Hotel Hotel Chevalier. Um, oh, I thought about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little. Um, sort of short prequel to um, Darjeeling Limited. She's amazing. How long have you had this hotel room? I don't know. More than a week. More than a week. More than a month. More than a month. Does it bum you out a little bit that she... <laughs> bums you out that she's kind of sad about that scene because of her her bum is out <laughs> oh i didn't know, I don't know if you've heard that story yeah she she's i mean she's been uh on record saying that she kind of wished she's like wishes she wouldn't have done that she felt and she sort of felt tricked into it hmm. in a way i can't remember the ex- uh, all the details oh, that's but not fun she was yeah she wasn't too happy after the fact about this the way that scene played out so i know that yeah, that is a bit of a bummer. We, we might have to fact check this, but yeah, she, uh, I don't think she, f- from what I remember, I don't think she realized she was going to be as exposed as she was. Mm. It, like, I thought maybe the camera angle was different in her mind or something. I don't know. Okay. But we'll fact check that. I don't even that. remember her butt being out. I mean, is she? I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess that. I don't know. Knowing what you're getting into probably is the biggest thing, but she's like a stripper and closer. Yeah, I don't right? know. I can't remember exactly the details. And honestly, like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I don't actually remember that scene that well. But I just remember uh, reading or hearing something somewhere that she wishes she hadn't done that. So I don't know. My fourth spot would be sort of a combination of like where the heart is and that one movie with Susan Sarandon where she plays her daughter. I can't think of what it's called oh, yeah. right now. I, let me look it up because it's going to bother me. They're just sort of like, well, honestly, Ben coined the term the other night and I got really upset. It, <laughs> okay, it's called Anywhere But Here. Susan Sarandon um, is incredible as always. They're a mother-daughter. It's great. But Ben coined this term the other night, uh, a mom com. And <laughs> it's their movies, like I definitely did watch with my mom. Um, <laughs> did they're you heartwarming. They're that's, silly. That's they're not term. that good, but like it, you know, it's just kind of like. Uh, Do the two of you like just have like running pun conversations in that house? 
<laughs> like, is there like, is like just like a competition? Like, who's got the best pun currently? <laughs> <laughs> who's got the title? It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty <But> much. It, <laughs> we're not trying to make each, each other mad. We're trying to make the other person just pissed. We don't want them to laugh. You want them to be out. mad? They didn't. <laughs> like the head you shake go. you got for the man on fire. <laughs> the walk in a thin line. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's my Natalie Portman. Nice. Rush warm out. Sweet. I dig it. Love it. Yeah, oh, wanna... no. Oh. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> I forgot about Annihilation. <laughs> that's a uh, okay. too. Well, barring any last minute movies, let's hear what Matt's got. <laughs> All right, I've got V for Vendetta. Okay. I can assure you, I mean you no harm. Who are you? Who? Who is but the form following the function of what and what I am is a man in a mask. Well, I can see that. Of course you can. I'm not questioning your powers of observation. I'm merely remarking upon the paradox of asking a masked man who he is. Oh, right. I've got uh, Thor. Nice. I, I, I would automatically put Thor 3 or Thor 4 on there, Thor. but yeah. uh, I can't yet, you know. We'll it revisit this episode in two years and change yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. Um, I I threw back to where the heart is. That was the first Natalie Portman movie I saw. My sisters loved it. No. Uh, hey, I mean, any story about a girl living in a Walmart, I'm all in. <laughs> Every time. Um, and then I'm a I'm a Star Wars guy through and through. And so I'll pick the what I perceive as the best of the three, Revenge of the Sith. I don't believe what I'm hearing. Obi-Wan was right. You've changed. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. The Jedi turned against me. Don't you turn against me. I don't know you anymore. my heart you're going down a path i can't follow nice would be my fourth wondering if you're gonna pick one of those or not i had i had one on my list i wasn't sure i like it bad me solid (laughs) all right right, well i'll take it away um the first one that came to my mind obviously well i guess not obviously uh was black swan um that uh I've only seen it. I think I've only seen it once. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's always just sort of stuck with me. Like I can't think of Natalie Portman without thinking about black Swan. So to me, that was sort of like uh, the automatic, you know, first round by <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's, it's gotta be on there. Uh, I also put V for Vendetta on there. Um, and then going through her IMDb, like I've seen a lot of her stuff and I was surprised. I'm like, but that I just didn't like that movie enough to put it on any list. Like uh, the other Bolin girl, like I saw it. I like it's fine, but it's like I don't think it. I don't like it, and I couldn't remember a single thing about it if I, you know, didn't know a little bit about the history, you know, or yeah. um, and like uh, you know, closer. I've seen that once. I don't really remember it, and like 
that's mm-hmm. that theme sort of repeats itself throughout her IMDb. Uh, but another one that I've only seen once and I remember loving it in the moment was Leon, the professional. Uh, and that's obviously where she gets her start. One shot, not bad, huh? Uh, that was an interesting experience for me seeing it at Broovies. That's the only time I've ever seen it. So mm-hmm. watching it in that sort of like raucous group setting was pretty cool. Um, and I really liked it. Um, and then uh, I also put Thor on my list. Um, I considered Garden State. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if have you guys seen Speaking of short stories, um, there's a collection of short stories called Paris Jatem. And uh, it's yeah. like it's like I think it's like five or six little short stories about Paris mm-hmm. and just like people talk about stories about why they love Paris. And she's mm-hmm. apparently in that. And that's why I couldn't put her put this on my list because I don't remember her being in it. But there is one specific short story in there that was so sweet and I just loved it so much. It made the whole thing worth watching about a woman. Uh, she's like a postal worker from the United States. She's like a homely Midwest older woman who learns French and then travels to Paris. And it's just like this very sweet, beautiful little short story about this woman's experience, like finding herself in Paris and like living out her dream of going. So um, I definitely think that's worth a watch, but yeah, Black Swan, V for Vendetta, uh, Leon, the professional and Thor. will be my four. I love it. I love it Mm -hmm. so much that that was literally my four. So um, (laughs) I'm going to change mine up a little bit just for diversity's sake here. Um, Leon Professional was my number one on there. Like she's she's so good in that. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, Got to go with Black Swan. That movie, she's wonderful in it. And then also like from a filmmaking aspect, watching that, like the way Aronofsky, like just unbelievable. going around. Yeah. Like in the mirrors and stuff like that. I was like, wait, how are they doing this? Like there's so much that has gone into this. This is crazy to me. Um, that movie. I, I love that movie so much. Um, I will also throw Thor on there. I thought she was like just a wonderful counterpart to Chris Hemsworth. Very surprised to hear that's on your list because I know you're on record as that's your least favorite Marvel movie, or at least I thought it was Thor dark world is my least favorite. Oh, okay. The second so bad. One. Yeah. The, I don't <laughs> like that one. At we didn't all. even want to mention it on here. Thanks. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to bleep that out. So people don't know what movie you just said. <laughs> yeah. I've only ever seen uh, dark world. It was on like TBS or something one time. Oh, nice. So I like, kind of watched it in the background but yeah it's yeah it's not my favorite i mean the first thor i think was good it was interesting as i that's uh, kenneth branagh like um he directed that movie hemsworth's like blonde eyebrows are really weird <laughs> like definitely like changes that needed to be made but i think natalie portman brought a lot to that movie especially because yeah. like, we didn't really know chris hemsworth at that point so she and um Stellan Sarsgaard, I think, were like kind of the two best parts of that movie. So um, I liked her a lot. I did have V for Vendetta, but I'm going to bump that off and I'm going to bump it for Garden State. Um, nice. I think because like when I think of V for Vendetta, I probably think of V more than I do Natalie Portman. Like I would give it to Hugo Weaving if I had to out of that. Sure. One of those two. Um, but also just for a little diversity, I feel like Garden State is kind of where we see the first ever manic pixie dream girl I was just you know it's just say, like it's this like... perfect person who shows up like i yeah. don't know who doesn't think of that movie whenever they mention the shins you know 
What are you listening to? The Shins. You know them? No. You gotta hear this one song. It'll change your life, I swear. Oh, I'm sorry. You have to, uh, you gotta fill out your forms. Conundrum. There is so much in that movie that she does really well. I left yeah. it off because like it's not my favorite of her movies, but I feel like it, it needs to be brought up at least on the Rushmore discussion. She's, sure. she's really an important part of that movie. I think she does a wonderful job um, and really just kind of carries a lot of the, the, the weight. Not that Zach Braff wasn't good in it, but uh, you know, she's, she's the, the crux behind, I think a lot of the emotion in that movie. So for sure. Um, yeah. yeah she's kind that's, Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, you're I good. I was just Go gonna ahead. just get her off this say, pod. <laughs> <And> no. <laughs> oh, I feel bad even no, saying like, that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> but that's. I just wanted to say that's why I chose her. Like, she's so good in Garden State. Like, she's one of those actresses. Like, where if she cries in a scene, like I'm probably gonna cry. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. So, like Garden State. Like I'm thinking of that scene in the airport. Like I don't know. That movie is kind of like whatever, but. It hasn't aged well, but like that scene, she's incredible. She's so yeah. good. Yeah, she's great in that movie. Yeah, I probably would have put Garden State a little bit higher. I'd only seen it the once, but it definitely uh, cemented Natalie as a as an all timer on my Crushmore Mountain because of that manic pixie dream girl. Mm-hmm. And it makes me kind of feel bad because I'm like, it's a character designed for like uh of a young man to fall in love with right so it's almost yeah. like mm-hmm. it, it's it's almost like it feels like a dirty trick or it's just like it's become such a yeah. trope and it's kind of a bummer but i mean she was the first and it didn't necessarily i'm sure it existed before this but she is like the personification of it and like for sure i'm i'm sorry i like a i like a manic pixie <laughs> dream girl what am, what am i supposed to do is this the first <laughs> we're hearing then that she's uh she's officially on the crush more Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. I think she Natalie might have started my. She's the first face we carved. <laughs> was it okay? I, was oh. like, I don't remember Andy Kendrick. I didn't remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move some people over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's, let's give some stuff over. Um, yeah, no, I think you I mean these are all great Rushmore. She's got a solid, you know, filmography, and um, I think we picked some some great stuff for her. Uh, this was fun episode. Like I, I enjoyed talking about this. Ashley, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's awesome. You thank you for having know? me. I had a really fun time. Yeah, and thanks for expanding our horizons. Like this is literally the point of this podcast is to get, uh, you know, to to find ways to watch new movies and to get input from you know the community and people like you. So like it's it's truly invaluable. And like this podcast wouldn't exist without you know movies like this and an input like yours so thank you very without much. a doubt <laughs> mm-hmm. thank <Yeah>. you <laughs> this was awesome the mvp uh, do you want to let people know where they can find you on instagram if they want more of your mvp hot takes <laughs> no <laughs> okay cool we'll tag her in there so you guys can find her <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a blast. Everyone, thank you for listening and participating in everything. I mean, we say it every week, but we're super grateful for everyone that participates uh, in the in the podcast with us. Um, I think we've created a pretty fun little community here. Uh, I'm always looking forward to the next watch party. We'll see if Ashley can retain her title on the next one, which should be 
coming up soon i guess by the time this comes out so it'll be yeah, it'll be exciting quick. um but yeah you can find us you know at threefilmspod.com or and from there you can find anything you want our instagram our patreon um we've got some people signed up which has been super fun so if you're into that please do um just yeah like and subscribe we'd love to get a review from you and thank you again everybody for participating and following along with us and we will see you next week see ya with film star Natalie Portman. Hello. So, Natalie, what's a day in the life of Natalie Portman like? Do you really want to know? Please, tell us. I don't sleep, mother off that yak and that turban. Doing 120, getting hit while I'm swerving. Damn, Natalie, you a crazy chick. Yo, shut the up and suck my I'm busting dudes' mouths like gushers, mother Roll up on NBC, inspector, now Jeff Zucker. What you want, Natalie? To drink and fight. I'm sorry, Natalie. Are we to believe you condone driving while intoxicated? I never said I was a role model. But what about the kids that look up to you? Do you have a message for them? All the kids looking up to me can suck my and quit their mother straight till I'm sick. Like a